Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's time for Come and Talk It with your host, Michael Cargill, brought to you by Texas Law Shield. Over the last decade, Michael has championed and supported the rights of law-abiding Texans to own and use firearms. He is the owner of Central Texas Gunworks, a veteran of the United States Army, and has achieved national exposure in such prestigious media outlets such as Forbes Magazine, Fox Business News, CNN Money, AOL, BBC World News, Huffington Post, and the New York Times. Cargill vigorously defends lawful gun ownership in this country without regard to party politics. And now, here's Michael Cargill. Good day, Austin, Texas, the live music capital of the world. Let's praise the Lord and pass the ammunition. All right, so today we have Coleon Noor. He's our guest on the phone. We're going to talk about red flag laws and also the universal background checks everyone's talking about. But you know what? Everyone's forgetting about Hong Kong and what's happening there. You know, the citizens of Hong Kong, they are flying the American flag. They're singing the national anthem. They are demanding, they're begging for a Second Amendment so they can protect themselves. Listen to these guys from Hong Kong. And Christ us through the perilous fight. Oh, the ramparts we watch were so gallantly streaming. And the rockets red glare, the bombs bursting in. That's right, so that's Hong Kong. They're singing that national anthem. They're begging for the Second Amendment. They're begging for a right to bear arms to protect themselves from their government. And here we are in the United States, and we're singing a totally different tune. We're taking it for granted. We're totally forgetting, you know, the foundation and what this country was founded on. But you know what? Here's what uh, some of your, um, here's what your, some of your, uh, I don't know, some of your different president candidates are actually talking about they're talking about different things you know what but before we go to them before we go to your your candidates uh listen to uh, this guy here he's talking about the fact that you can buy a six pack of beer he said that's actually that's harder than buying or purchasing an assault weapon is what he's he calls it he calls it an assault weapon uh we all know it stands for ar armor like rifle uh, so I think I'm going to start saying this. I'm going to start, you know what, when you say assault weapon, which is assault is a verb, uh, that could be anything that you use. I'm going to stop, you know, I think I'm going to start responding to them, you know, because it's not an assault weapon. That is a verb. You can use, pick up anything and assault someone with it. But this is what he's talking about. He said you can, buying a six pack of beer is harder than purchasing an AR. Listen to this. This killed five people from March through June of 2018, and you couldn't find romaine lettuce in grocery stores for weeks because of it. This killed 30 infants over 10 years, and 4.7 million rock and play sleepers were recalled because of it. This AK-47 killed 22 people at a Walmart in El Paso, Texas. 15 hours later, this AR-15 killed nine people in Dayton, Ohio. And assault rifles are still easier to buy than a six pack of beer. 
Seriously, and in some cases, you don't even need a background check to get one. So why don't we treat assault rifles the same way we treat other things that kill people at far lower rates? This is not about mental illness or video games. This is about guns. But more specifically, this is about assault rifles. This is about Newtown, Parkland, Las Vegas, Pittsburgh, Gilroy, El Paso, and Dayton. In just those seven incidents alone, nearly 150 people were killed by assault rifles. Now we've all heard, The only way to stop a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. And in Dayton, there were good guys with guns. And they acted. All right, so, you know, this guy, he, he's going on and on and on. And these are all lies, people. They're complete lies. Do not fall into the trap of the rhetoric. And what upsets me the most is whoever is behind this guy is packaging him up to sound like Coleon Nior. You know, they're the opposite version of that. And that upsets me the most. So let me bring into the conversation Coleon. Coleon, welcome to Come and Talk It, sir. Hello? Yeah, there you go. Hey, how yeah. you doing? Doing pretty good about yourself. All right, so uh, did you, were you able to hear that video there? Yeah, I did. Man, so what are your thoughts on that? It's a classic rhetoric. Um, and from that perspective, I say if – if the problem is a, if the problem is a so-called assault rifle, well, with that logic, what are you going to do when you realize eighty to ninety percent of gun deaths in this country happen by way of handguns? Mm. So when you ban these when you ban these so-called assault these assault weapons or rifles as you call them, and you're still seeing the same number of people being killed by other people with guns, what are we going to do next? Are we going to we're going to ban handguns then too? So for me. This is not really, I'm starting to really understand that this is not really about having a conversation. It's really about how do we uproot the Second Amendment? That is their goal. Because with their logic, if they are focusing on the AR-15 and in the way that they're there in their minds planning to deal with this issue is by banning it, then consequently, you're going to be banning handguns at some point too. And at that point, we no longer have a Second Amendment. Because these are the same people who would look at us and tell us square in their face, well, no one's trying to take your guns and we're for the Second Amendment, but. So which one is it? And, and the thing is, that's something that they can't rectify. Um, and and, and um, that's why they largely avoid the statistics revolving around AR-15s as well. We have 15 to 20, 20 million of them in this country. And there are scores of people who use them for self-defense. But yet, almost less than 400 are actually used to kill people illegally. There are more people being stabbed to death and beat to death than there are killed with AR-15s, while there are scores of more people who are utilizing AR-15s in defense of their lives and their families. How, like, how do you rectify that? If you're supposedly anti-AR-15, if these are alleged weapons of war, so to speak, are so dangerous, why are there more people using them to defend themselves than there are being killed? And they can never answer this question. They they can't they they can't answer that question and you know what and, and you're you you have a presidential candidates are coming out with so much hateful and crazy rhetoric it doesn't make any sense whatsoever listen to this uh, president uh, you, you have candidates coming out and they're saying just some crazy stuff. We have a uniquely American problem because of the uniquely American phenomenon that anyone who wants to kill somebody can easily use a loophole to go out and find a weapon. The answer is not more guns. The answer is to make sure that 
these weapons of war, these semi-automatic weapons, don't get into the hands of people who go and use them on the street. How can it be impossible, at least to deliver something like universal background checks, 90% of Americans, most Republicans, most gun owners want to see happen? Either this Senate needs to respond to the American people, or this Senate needs to be replaced. It has to go well beyond thoughts and prayers, and even beyond sensible gun legislation like universal background checks, like ending the sales of weapons of war. You know, Carlo, how do we how do we combat this? You know, because this this has been a heavy week for the pro gun community. You know, whenever there's a shooting, you know, people come out and, and, and they come out in droves and we're just on the defense, you know, over and over again. Uh, so what do you say to something like this? I'm kind of used to it at this point. We've been doing it for almost 10, 10 12 years now. And, and, and the one thing that the, the, the good thing for pro gunners, so to speak, is we have the consistency of facts. Right. So emotion is very short lived. It, it kind of flames up and then it kind of sparks out with no, because it doesn't have any real substantial base. Whereas with the pro gunners, we have facts on our side. We have logic and reason on our side, along with the emotion. So by and large, they can't outlast us when it comes to this discussion because we have the foundation of facts. And which is why they always, always lean on the emotional arguments versus the facts because the facts aren't on their side and they know this. So the thing that we need to do in order to combat this is to, it's, 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 not a, it's, not the, it's not the most fun job in the world. It's not the sexiest thing in the world. But essentially, is we have to basically keep educating the largely ignorant masses about the facts of the issue. I've rarely had a discussion or conversation with somebody where I sat down and broken down the facts on the issue of firearms, and they walked away more anti-gun. They may have stayed that way and, and, and did so because of, because of ego or in the best cases have changed their mind completely, but I've never seen them walk away more anti-gun. You just can't do it in the face of the facts. So the thing that we would need to do as a, as a pro-gun community is to get out there and have those conversations. They're hard, they're emotional sometimes, and they can be frustrating. You have to have them. Because there was, there was a statement made in the, in the clip that you just played that how is it impossible to, have, to, to pass universal background checks when 80 to 90% of people agree with it? Well, clearly, 80 to 90 percent of people don't agree with it. Have you ever seen a politician who went against his constituency when 80 to 90 percent of them agreed with a particular proposal? That's right. We're, we're talking with Colon. <laughs> we're talking with Colon Nior. Uh, we're talking about universal background checks. Talking about red flag laws. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Gerald Darty, and I'm the Precinct 3 County Commissioner here in Travis County, and you're listening to Common Talk. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Talk 1370, the right choice.
Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now, here's Michael Cargill. All right, so we're talking with Colin Nior. That's right. We're talking about red flag laws. We're talking about universal background checks. So that's the the tune that we're we're hearing coming out of D.C. I'm hearing that coming from uh, the Capitol here in the the Texas, the you know, in the state of Texas. Really, background checks, universal background checks, red flag laws. Uh, do you know what that means? But you know what? Listen to what President Trump said earlier this week, because he had a lot to say about red flag laws and what he had on my, in mind. Make sure that those judged to pose a grave risk to public safety do not have access to firearms, and that if they do, those firearms can be taken through rapid due process. That is why I have called for red flag laws also known as extreme risk protection orders. All right, so Colin, what's your, your thought on that? You know, the president's talking about red flag laws, and, and not just him. You have Democrats, you have Republicans, you, you had a, a, a congressman down in Houston, um, Dan Crenshaw, uh, come out and say, hey, you know, maybe we should consider red flag laws. Oh, and I'm from Houston, and I voted for Trump. Um, <laughs> and on this, I have to be only going to have to disagree with him on it. Um, I don't agree with red flag laws. I think it's a it's it's a necessarily preemptive, destructively preemptive, and almost redundant. It, as it stands right now in any state, if you're found if you're adjudicated to be a danger to yourself or someone else, you you can be involuntarily committed. And at that point, the whole notion of you having firearms is moot. So why do we need to have laws that preemptively try to take guns away from people, but then not involuntarily commit them? That's a complete and utter violation of due process, right? You can you can utilize whatever uh, preparatory euphemism you want, calling it rapid due process. It, it's still a violation of my due process because what the red flag laws call for is you have somebody who can make an accusation to a judge, and you're not even there, so you mm. don't have the right to 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 um to confront your to confront your accuser. So now it's happening ex parte. You're not even aware of it. Next thing you know, you're being you're you're having an order being declared to you telling you that you have to give up your firearms temporarily. Now you have to go in and invest thousands of dollars to hire a lawyer to prove that you're not crazy. And as far as I'm concerned, from my understanding in this country, there was a presumption of, in of innocence, not a presumption of guilt that I have to overcome. And, and a lot of people don't know that you're also an attorney. Yes. <laughs> yes, ma'am. <laughs> and, and, and that you know this it's, it's 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 absurd because we actually have laws on the books right now when it comes to risk protection acts in uh, I'm sorry risk protection laws and stuff like that already on the books so there are ways that you can get involved but you know what you know check this out here uh, there's a a young lady in in Texas and she actually decided she was going to go to a bar go to a bar uh, and take shots while she left her baby in the car. Look at her picture here. I want to. I want everyone to see this picture of this young lady because she she smiled as she took her um her little, little mug shot mug shot there. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, this is a Texas mom, and the problem here. The reason I brought this up because it's parenting. Parenting is a problem. Uh, you know, you you know these all these shooters have mothers. They have fathers. Uh, there are issues that were, were raised earlier in their life, and everyone ignored those warning signs. And then here we are. We're faced to deal with it now. Uh, the shooting in Ohio, there were warning signs. The shooter that drove from Dallas, Texas, all the way to El Paso for 10 hours, 
there were warning signs and everyone ignored them. You know, and I'm saying, you know, we seriously have a parenting problem here. Listen to uh, some of your um, your presidential candidates talk about uh, President Trump again. Uh, just take a listen to this. Not only tolerates, but invites the kind of racism and hatred that, that not only offends us, but, but changes who we are as a country and produces the kind of violence that we saw in El Paso. Confronting white nationalist terrorism would be embarrassing to a president who helped stoke many of these feelings in this country to begin with. He's given a license for this toxic brew of white supremacy to fester more and more in this country. And we're seeing the results of that. He's responsible when he has taken no action whatsoever to even condemn white supremacy, even when his own FBI is talking right. about this being sourcing major parts of our, our problem. Coleon, you know, give us give a, give us something that we can take and that we can stand up and stand up strong and defend, you know, our right, our God-given right here. Well, as I said before, it's this is going to have to be won in the masses. Right now, you're, what you're seeing is you're seeing a plethora of different political figures who are vying for, for or vying for attention and political points. So they're obviously going to get up there and say anything that they think is going to give them some traction, especially in the day and age of 24-hour news cycle and social media. So as long as they can garner some type of attention, they'll get out there and say the most outlandish things possible. Unfortunately, in a perfect world, we'd be able to just ignore them and throw them to the side. Unfortunately, there are masses of people out there who don't know anything about guns or gun law or have been part of this gun discussion. So when they're hearing these things, they're thinking, okay, I guess that makes sense. And anything can make sense if you don't have the proper context or alternative information to check it against. So what's happening is these people in large are our legacy media, and now what you're starting to see is a lot of these um, social media platforms, they largely slant to the left and are largely anti-gun. So the vast majority of the things that are being pumped out there to the, large, to the masses who are largely ignorant on the issue are, is an anti-gun message. So they don't, they don't have anything to contrast the message that they're getting bombarded with. And the only way to do it, to be honest, right now in this day and age, is to get out there and, and pretty much hit the ground and talk to people, be willing to have those conversations. I, love, I know there are a lot of people in the gun community who are largely like, look, I, I can't bother talking to ignorant people about this issue. It just makes my head hurt. It makes me angry and it makes me frustrated. And I understand that. The only problem is, is we've got to start looking at people as potential advocates because the one thing that I know and what I've seen is the more guns, the more, the more gun owners we create, the more gun advocates we have, or the more people we fill with the knowledge and the facts, the better advocates we have on our part. It's, it's really honestly like a multi-level marketing scheme, so to speak, for advocacy. Um, you know, you, you inform one person, they inform two other people, those two people inform four people, so forth and so on. On top of that, if you're not willing to have those conversations, there are people and individuals like myself on social media who are talking about these things. So at bare minimum, Spread the, share the videos as much as you can, mm. whether it be my videos or other, other advocates' videos in the 2 age space. Share those videos, shows like this. Share them as much as you possibly can because by and large, a lot of people are getting their information from social media. So that's an incredible, incredibly powerful platform to get this information spread out. The information is going to be the game changer. Because like I said before, I've never had a conversation with someone who was anti-gun, and then I informed them of the facts, and they walked away more anti-gun. It's just never happened. And and so Cole, the more I go ahead. Sorry. And Coleon, how can how can they find your your videos? So 
so you can basically um, I'm on I'm on everything more or less. I'm on YouTube, I'm on Facebook, I'm on Twitter, and I'm on Instagram under the name Coley on Noir. Um, if, if you just Google that, all of that will pop up on YouTube. Just Coley on Noir, Facebook Coley on Noir, um, Instagram Coley on Noir, and Twitter Coley on Noir. Uh, just search that name and it'll pull right up. All right, and then also this week, you know, Chuck Schumer came out and Chuck said, you know what, he wanted to. Um, actually created, he's actually writing a bill he's submitting where if we want to get body armor, we're going to have to actually get okay from the FBI first. So kind of, you know, sending it through the NFA process. What are your thoughts on that? I think it's utter unbridled stupidity. I don't understand that. So let me get this straight. You don't want me to have firearms to protect myself. And now you don't want me to have a passive measure to protect myself. I can't bring, already there are a number of places now I can't bring my gun to. Right. So if somebody decides and we all know that criminals don't care about gun free zones when they're deciding they're going to kill a bunch of people. So bare minimum, you tell me I can't bring my gun in there. And I say, I don't like it. I hate it, actually. But you know what? I'm a law abiding citizen, so I'm going to respect the law. I'm not going to bring my gun in. But in, in turn, because I personally I have bags that are fitted with body armor. They're literally lined with body armor. So basically what you're telling me is since I can't carry my gun, not only can I not carry my gun, I can't have a passive measure that will stop. The bullet of somebody who disobeys your law. All right, we're talking. Tries to shoot me and people that love. We're talking with Colin Nior. He's he's man. Colin is awesome guy. Got to check out his page and all that stuff. Uh, this is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talking. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Talk 1370. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. That's right. We're sitting here. We're chatting with Colin Nior. Uh, we're talking about red flag laws. We're talking about the universal background check. Uh, we're talking about uh, all the different shootings, what's going on around the country, the atmosphere, the language, the rhetoric. We're breaking all that stuff down for you. And Coleon's giving us some great advice. He's giving us some good courage. Uh, he's saying, hey, you know, stand up strong, and here's what we need to do. Uh, he's giving us, you know, these kind of like your, your marching orders, you know. Stand strong. You know, <laughs> I, I know some people hate to hear that, but, hey, it is what it is. Uh, stand strong because we can do this. It, 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 this is a fight for our lives. We're talking about uh, protecting my – I'm talking about protecting my family, protecting myself. I'm talking about not necessarily waiting for a police or someone else to come and save me. It's, it's taking my own personal safety in our, in our own hands. Uh, and, you know, and I'm, I'm, we're talking about uh, doing the break, the fact that uh, there's a group of people, a group of young men in Dallas – who decided that, you know what, they were going to do just that. They were not going to allow or wait for the police to come and save them uh, or to protect their neighborhoods because they're, a, they're not coming to that neighborhood. So they say, you know what, we're going to do it ourselves. We're going to stand up, you know, and we're going to uh, protect our neighborhoods ourselves. And, and, and they've pretty much eliminated crime in their neighborhood, gotten rid of it. 
and 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 I'm telling you, shout out to them, and we we're gonna have them on the show later on down the road for sure, because uh, they're doing a wonderful job up in Dallas. Because the police can't do it; uh, they're having funding issues. The governor has sent in the DPS, the state troopers, to patrol. That's not their job. State troopers are used to writing tickets on the highway. They're talking about inspecting vehicles and things of that nature. They don't know anything. They're not trained uh, to go into the urban uh, areas, into city centers, and 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 patrol. That is not their job. And so they're not trained for that. And we've seen this. We've seen a, what a lack of training can do. Uh, take a look at this video in Philadelphia where, you know, what a lack of training actually does to a situation. Take a look at this and listen if you're on the radio. All right, so you have a uh, man. It's just craziness. So this is what unfolded in Philadelphia earlier this week. Uh, you had, you know, shots being fired. Philadelphia Police Department. They're responding. Uh, they're trying. To, they're running for cover. They're you know trying to duck behind vehicles. And this is a really close in area. You know, people criticize the fact that when we do our LTC courses, we talk about three yards, seven yards, and fifteen yards. But you know what? This is very close. We're talking seven yards. We're talking 15 yards uh, where this shooter is, uh, where the officers are. That's it, it, that's the real deal. That's why you train the way you train. Three, seven, and 15 yards. Uh, this is utter, it's, it's confusion, you know, and it, it's a sad situation. All right, so, and, and you know what? And let me go to our phone lines. Let's go to Mike Brown. Mike Brown first. Mike Brown, uh, I believe you're in Dallas, right? You want me to come and talk? It. No, I'm the Mike. I'm the Mike Brown of Chicago. Chicago. All right. I'm sorry, uh, Mike Brown out of Chicago. There we go. All right. Uh, so, Mike Brown, what you got for me, sir? You know what? Uh, I, I happen to agree with you. And there's a firearms instructor uh, that Jeff Chudwin, who has said it best. You know, police. Uh, the military trains constantly for wars they may never fight. Police fight wars every day and rarely train. And Philadelphia police. The situation that happened with that is an exact. Uh, uh, outcome of the politics in the department, things of that nature, when police officers don't train because they think, you know, certain things can't happen or it doesn't happen in a great level of frequency, that, that's one thing, you know. But I think that these red flag laws, just watch and see what our government apparently is doing. And if they ban assault rifles, I'm telling you, other countries who are just waiting for us to implode from within, you know, Abraham Lincoln said it best. We're not going to be, you know, destroyed from the outside. We're going to be destroyed from the inside. And our own government is disarming the very tool that we have to be able to protect ourselves from domestic and international terrorism. All right. And you know what? And Mike Brown, hold on. Oh. I want to I want to come back to you. Uh, I want to go to let me go yeah. to Derek Wills real quick. Derek, you want to come and talk it. Mike, how are you, sir? Outstanding, sir. What's going on? Okay, so there's a couple of things that I, I think get glossed over a lot, and Coleon is spot on with everything that he's talking about. Uh, I blasted, absolutely eviscerated Dan Crenshaw for his comments because he said that there are forms of red flag that are theoretical that can protect due process, and it's an impossible thing to do because what you're saying is that nobody has committed a crime, but yet the state is going to come in and see somebody's firearms. Well, there's a couple of problems with that. One, no crime has been committed. Mm. If there is, there's the crime of conspiracy, which is a crime in and of itself. So if you're planning to do something and there is not clear and convincing evidence, which is a very specific legal phrase, mm -hmm. but evidence that can be proven beyond a reasonable doubt in a criminal court of law that you are con con conspiring to commit this crime, 
That is something that continued to prison. Well, if there isn't a crime, you're going to use the civil courts and their lesser clear and convincing evidence um, burden of proof in order to take somebody's firearms. Well, if somebody is hell bent on committing an act of domestic terrorism, do you honestly think that they're not going to do it all of a sudden because the states come and take their guns? Right. The Anarchist Cookbook is easy to download, and you can build all sorts of wonderful things with household items. Probably right. inflict even more casualties than you would have just using a firearm. All right, Derek, can you hold so, on a sec? Hold on a sec, because let me go back to Coleon before I cut him loose, because he's got to go. Uh, Coleon, what you got to say in closing there, sir? Well, actually, I couldn't really hear what he was saying. Okay. Yeah, and I didn't want to say anything to interrupt. Like, he's coming in and out, so I didn't get a, I didn't get a, a complete message from him. Oh, no worries, no worries. Uh, uh, basically, he was just saying... He, he's saying a whole bunch. <laughs> Basically, he's saying that, uh, you know, conspiracy is a crime in and of itself. And what these red flag uh, laws do, they basically just take your guns. But somebody who is uh, bent on mass murder is going to find some other way to do it. And if their guns are all that's taken, then they're still free to commit their crime. Yeah, and that's interesting. That's, that's the irony behind all of uh, this whole hoopla about red flag laws. None of the recent mass shootings would have been stopped by these red flag laws. Mm. So I'm trying to understand why they're utilizing these mass shootings as a catalyst to push these red flag laws now. Doesn't make any sense to me. All right. So you know the so back because you're saying, hey, even if they change the background check system, that still would not have stopped these recent shootings. Uh, even if they no, you know, the, come up with red flag laws. The vast majority of these people that have these vast majority of these mass shooters all got their guns got their guns legally. And then the ones that, that got them illegally, there's nothing being proposed from a gun, from a gun control standpoint mm. that would have prevented them from getting the firearm. So I'm trying to, and, that, and, that's, and that's the problem that I have with this notion that everything that with respect to gun violence, and I kind of hate saying gun violence because it pigeonholes the idea of violence in, in a monopolized, as if a gun monopolize, monopolizes the idea of violence, it doesn't. But for the sake of conversation, it, it, this idea that Anytime we have an issue with gun violence, that we always only approach it from the standpoint of how much can we limit, how much can we restrict by way of gun control, inevitably the ultimate conclusion is going to be ban guns. Mm. And if that's the conversation that they want to have, we can have it. But they know they can't have that conversation because if there's one thing that will wake up the sleeping masses, it's this idea that we're going to ban guns because on a fundamental level, Everybody understands the utility of a firearm from a self-protection standpoint. That's right. Period. That's right. Man, I tell you what, thank you, Coleon. I really appreciate you having you on. I know you're busy this weekend. You got things that you're trying to do. Uh, hopefully next time we get you on, we'll get you on Skype so we can see you and talk to you and all that good kind of stuff. Absolutely. All right. Thank you, sir. You have, a one, you have a wonderful rest of your weekend. Thank you, Coleon. Will do. Right, so, Everybody check out Pew Pew Life, too. That's Coleon's company. That's right. Pew Pew Life, baby. <laughs> you know what? I want to go back to Mike Brown. Mike Brown, you still there? Oh, yeah. I'm still hanging here. All right. So go ahead, Mike Brown. What you got for him? You know, uh, we look at the situation in El Paso, and I just wanted to point this out lastly, you know, that there was a interview that uh, I believe Mr. Como had with a survivor from that shooting. And he said something that I don't think people really paid attention to, that there was a Customs and Border Protection uh, 
supervisor. Okay, she appeared to have some type of colonel rank on her shoulder when she came in the uh, hospital room. And but for those people that don't there. know, Mike Brown is an instructor, uh, uh, firearms instructor out of Chicago. Uh, this is an African American uh, in firearms instructor out of Chicago. Just in case you didn't know, yeah. but you're gonna learn today. Oh yeah, oh for sure. <laughs> and she didn't, and she even stated that she was going to Walmart and did not have her firearm. You know, and we have to change the mindset of, you know, the, the culture that's out there. You know, the law enforcement, what's the point of having the ability, and I'm former law enforcement myself, what's the point of having the ability to HR 218 to be able to carry across state lines and to be able to carry when we're off duty, when, when these situations occur, like these active shootings, the very thing that empowers you as a police officer, you cannot be a police officer without the ability to be able to carry and or deploy firearms in the event that something like the active shooting situation occurred, here you have a federal officer who is a supervisor who should know better, and she did not have the very thing with her that makes her a law enforcement officer. So if the government can't protect you, mm. then why should we trust them to protect us if they allow, if, if we allow them to take the firearms away from us to protect us? Mm. And you hold on there to Mike Brown. Let me go over to my my white brother, uh, Derek Wills from Lone Star Gun Rights. <laughs> Derek, what you got for me, sir? Uh, well, I I hope that I'm not saying something that uh, you, that Mike has already said because no, nah, you're fine. You can never you can never say anything wrong. You're okay. <laughs> well, one of the other things that I, I find to be rather humorous is all of these weapons are supposed to be too dangerous for for us. Well, if they're too dangerous, why are they always exempted? Why is the government always exempted from all of the laws that are being passed? If they are so dangerous, well, how come whenever there is somebody that starts to shoot up a place, we call law enforcement who brings these weapons in order to stop the shooter? Mm. So in, instead of me having it on my person or wherever I might keep it, um, I'm now forbidden from doing that, but I'm going to call the state and anywhere from seven to 12 to 15 minutes later during a shooting, mind you, which is an eternity, they're going to show up with the same weapons that I'm forbidden from having, but don't worry. They're too dangerous. It's like, it's like they believe that when somebody goes to work for the government, they've transcended into a superior being that is free of corruption <laughs> and free of sin. And they have, become the perfect human it's 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 like this demigod type figure that they have become all right we're talking we're talking with Derek wills from lone star gun rights we're talking with mike brown he's a firearms instructor out of chicago this is michael cargill and you are listening to come and talk it This is Doug Man Jones. <laughs> and I get my gun news from Michael Cargill at Come and Talk It. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. 
because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Talk 13.7, the right choice. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All right, so we're back and we're talking about a whole bunch. Talking about yeah, the red flag laws. We're talking about universal background checks. You know what? Why in the world are the people of Hong Kong, those Hong Kong citizens, why are they flying the American flag and singing the national anthem? They have more patriotic, you know, passion than most Americans. You know, I, I don't know what's going on. And they're demanding the Second Amendment. Listen to this. And Christ us through the perilous fight Oh, the ramparts we watch Were so gallantly streaming And the rockets red glare The bombs bursting in there Gave proof through the night That our flag was still there Oh, say right that's hong kong people that's not the united states that's not a that's not new york that's not california that's not texas that's not missouri that's not oklahoma yeah and for those who don't know a little backstory basically uh back when uh hong kong was sort of uh the control of it was handed over from the uh they were basically under colonial control and then they were sort of handed to China and it was under the uh, preface of giving them a um, one government, but two, uh, two forms of control. So they were basically going to be independent from China at that point. But now uh, China is basically asserting much more control and these protests have come in the wake of, China making new laws where they can extradite people from Hong Kong who they don't like and basically, you know, do whatever China does with people. So they're really pushing back against that. And you're not going to hear the mainstream media talk about this. Oh, no. They're not talking about the fact that, you know, you have uh, Hong Kong citizens that are singing the national anthem. Uh, The Hong Kong citizens are actually demanding a Second Amendment right. They're not going to talk about that. No. Derek Wills, Lone Star Gun Rights. What are your thoughts about that? Well, I mean, it's pretty simple. Uh, the right to bear arms is a natural right. It comes to us. It's inherent to us as human beings. It's given to us by God. It is something that government has never given us. So it makes sense that they would want this because it's a right that they should have anyway as human beings. It applies to everybody, regardless of what country they live in. You know, the fact that our 
Second Amendment exists is merely there to protect it. It doesn't confer or give anything. It's there to protect it from the government in cases where, well, we might need to do patriot things. But that's a whole nother topic of discussion. <laughs> as, far as, as far as Hong Kong is concerned, they're demanding it because, well, I guess their government is getting a little too tyrannical for their case. Right. It's almost as if government is inherently tyrannical. All right, and I call in numbers, 512-543-2284. That's 512-543-2284. Come and talk it. Let's go to uh, the phone lines. Let's, let's, let's listen to a caller. Steve, go ahead, Steve. Hey, brother, what's going on, man? Hey, um, two things real quick, man. Um, tell a caller your next time you see him. Mean, he's got to shape his hat, man. I mean, I've got a problem with his hat. He's got to shape his hat. What's wrong with you his know, head? Think- what's wrong with his head? It's his hat, man. You know what? The bill goes straight across, okay? He needs oh. to get proper, proper, proper side alignment with that cap going right down, right down, okay, to his fuzzy front, front tip, okay? So right. he's messing with his... Hey, man, I've got a couple points, man. I want to put... <laughs> I, I kind of want to put... All right, go ahead. Hey, you, you, you're over there in Huntington, Texas, right? Yes, sir. That's where I'm at. Yeah. And you know what? Ain't too many of us over here. But anyway, <laughs> I want to try to put... I'm going to put out a plug for you real quick. I'm looking at right now in my hand. I have a membership to the Texas Law Shield. I have a card. I got a keychain. Uh. And, man, I am telling you, um, I cannot tell you how this service works for me because now with all these laws and everything going on, I can actually carry and I have something in my pocket to where if I don't have to deal with the police. I can just say, call this number right here. Right. Don't talk to me. I'm not going to get myself in trouble. So. That's awesome. Uh, first thing I want to do is the second give uh, talk about is the Second Amendment uh, rights. I, I'll be honest with you, man. Um, I'm from Texas, born and raised. Um, and as soon as Trump said that he's going to start with red flag law, red, uh, or even discussing red flag laws, he lost my vote mm. right there. Mm. Uh, be, because the fact is, is that it's American people are not understanding something. And, and you read the Constitution. I have a pocket. I have one on my pocket. Shall not be infringed. Okay, that is. That is that is non-negotiable. I mean, that just is a law. You shall not infringe. No, anyway, ifs, bans, buts about it, we are able actually to able to carry guns. Mm. And um, for that, anybody or any politician to come out and say that they're going to mess with guns, there are there there is more people now that saying, no, you're not. Um, <laughs> no, you're not. Okay, and that is going to be a very prevalent. Uh, uh, um, topic, I believe, in the 2020 election, because the fact is, is that um, there's more gun owners than people realize. But when you come out and tell somebody go, getting ready to go hog hunting tonight, they can't carry their gun. They got to carry a specific gun. They going to tell you who said so and why not in <laughs> the whole nine yards. That's right. Um, and But the next point I want to bring up real quick, but I don't know you got about the time. But anyway, you guys are talking about the cops. Now, let me tell you something and re- revert back to this. A month ago, the Supreme Court has issued out a ruling, okay, okay, that the cops have no duty to protect you. In other words, if you were in a situation and the cop, he can decide or not to, to actually protect you. He don't have to step in if you're getting shot at. He doesn't. All he has to do is step back and wait for the mess, to cl- mess and he'll go in there and clean it up. So in other words, what you're telling me, this is my point I'm making, what you're telling me is that now the cops are not required to protect me, and now you want to take away my take away my right to protect myself. That's right. So if I get if I get shot, okay, I'm suing somebody. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm suing somebody. I don't know who I got to sue, but you know what? If if I walk into the Walmart and there's a guy popping rounds down range of me, I'm like, I don't, I don't want to be that guy. Say, okay, please, please, Lord, let him shoot me. I want to be the one that. <laughs> she's back in here to stop this man. That's right, Steve. I, me, I, hey, I and, agree with you 100%. You're telling me I can't protect myself. You know what? You, you're doing too much. They're doing too much, man. They're doing too much. And it's like, um, I, I appreciate your show, man. I really do, man. But hey, All right. plug in for. I, I got to ask you one more question before I go, man. All right, real that quick. lady, y'all, that, that blonde lady, did she ever do anything? I don't ever see her do anything. She, I look over there, she's over looking at her phone. She ever do anything? I do more than you would ever know, sir. Ooh, don't get don't get around up now. Oh, you're going to get me in trouble? I live tweet the show. I respond to comments. You know, we talk off air. He's had a lot of guests on, and I let them talk just like we See, let you See, now you're trying to open minutes. up a can of worms there, Steve. <laughs> no, sir, I'm shut down. I'm shutting up, man. You have a good day. I ain't going to go there no more. I'm scared. I'm scared now. Man. All right, now. All right. All right. Talk to you later. All right, so, uh, man, they're talking right now that churches are actually training their congregants in the wake of this mass shooting. So you got churches that are running through training, they're running through drills, and people are shocked by this. But you know what? Back in the day, my great-grandfather, he always carried a gun. Let me tell you, he had a gun. He had this gun in the Bible that he kept, and in his Bible, he actually had a little hole cut out. And my great-grandfather would say, you know what, Michael, I like to bring everyone the Lord. He always had that Bible with him, that little hole cut out with that, that revolver in it. And he said, when I cannot bring them to the Lord, I will, he would actually reach into that Bible, take out this revolver. He said, when I cannot bring them to the Lord, I will send them to the Lord. So as long as I can remember, my great-grandfather has always carried a gun in the pulpit as a pastor in the church. So this is not a new thing, people. Now, this has actually happened. Then you have uh, this guy with this rice cooker. You know, what's going on with that? Where is that? This rice cooker, the bomb scare suspect, Larry Griffin II. Has prior bestiality arrest? What's going on with that? Real oh, quick. Yeah, I gotta say that your great grandfather was a gangster, Michael. Oh, but he was straight gang, straight hood. I'm talking. <laughs> no, he was a pastor. He was a minister, but he believed in praising the Lord and passed the ammunition. Yeah, no kidding. But yeah, this uh, this uh, New York rice cooker bomb scare turns out this kid from West Virginia was going around in the tube there in Manhattan, and he left three separate rice cookers down there in rush hour Mm -mm. and it basically shut everything down they thought it was bombs and yeah this kid had some some weird charges like uh uh drugs and also the use of obscene material to seduce a minor wow and you know what you know everyone's always focusing on the wrong thing i want to say this before we go uh when a person is arrested and they bail out of jail do you know that the condition of their bond is that they are they are not allowed to have firearms did, you, did everyone understand that? So, you know, when someone has a warrant for their arrest, it doesn't trigger a denial. You know that? You know why? Because courts, every court in this state is supposed to send stuff to the NIC system, but they're not doing that. So when a person has a warrant for their arrest, they can't have firearms. They're not sending that information in. That's what's happening. So Governor Abbott, you need to pay attention. Stop inviting these people who, who don't work in the system. Invite people that are FFL dealers so we can tell you how the system works. As always, more guns equals less crime. You go out there and you buy yourself a gun. You've been listening to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill.
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.